Hello and welcome to the podcast of TechEU. I am your host, Andrei Degler, and today we are going to discuss the latest news in European tech and talk to Joe Perkins, the founder of Landscape, which is also known as the Glassdoor for VCs. Now, due to some planning issues, I have to say I was not able to release this episode on Friday as planned, but I do hope to switch to the new schedule this week, so please bear with me. We are going to do it uh, differently later. Now, first up, for this episode a few headlines that are certainly worth your attention. In funding news, Norwegian ad tech company Kahoot, uh, that's the one spelled with an exclamation mark at the end, but I'm not going to pronounce it every time. So the company has raised 215 million US dollars from SoftBank. The company is traded publicly on the Mercury market in Oslo, so the investment was structured as a private placement to a subsidiary of SoftBank Group Corp through issuance of 43 million new shares, the report says. The market cap of Kahoot at the time I'm writing this was about 2.2 billion euros. Uh, now note also that this time the money is not coming from the famous or infamous, depending on whom you ask, Vision Fund, but SoftBank Group itself, as TechCrunch reports. In case you're not familiar with Kahoot, uh, the whole company is centered around the quiz engine. Anyone can create a quiz for free on this platform and share it with as many players as they want. It's a simple yet very, very powerful idea here. Uh, Kahoot has now tailored offerings also for enterprises, schools, and much more, but it's also being used all over the place for all sorts of uh, simple or not so simple quizzes. It's a really nice way to learn and test knowledge, and it seems like the lockdowns have brought even more users for the company. Over the past 12 months, Kahoot says it has recorded 1.3 billion participating players with 200 million games played and 100 million user-generated Kahoots. In IPO news, uh, Polish e-commerce group Allegro went public last Monday with a so-called POP, which means that its share price increased by more than 60% on the first day. That brought the company's market cap to about 19 billion US dollars. And also another piece of IPO news, while we're talking about that, is that Danish online review platform Trustpilot is preparing to go public on London Stock Exchange. The IPO may happen as soon as the first quarter of 2021 Sky News reports and the valuation Trustpilot is reportedly looking for is 1 billion US dollars. Now let us talk about policy a little bit. It is always fun, isn't it? Uh, the FT reports that France and the Netherlands, I quote, jointly issued a call for the EU's competition authorities to take preemptive measures as they prepare sweeping legislation to curb the tech giant's market power, the quote ends. The two countries, which are very different in their approach to market regulation, want Brussels to take action against the big bad tech, including if necessary breaking up the behemoth companies if that would help smaller rivals that depend on them thrive. Just a few days before that petition from France and the Netherlands, the FT also reported that, I quote, EU regulators are drawing up a hit list of up to 20 large internet companies, likely to include Silicon Valley giants such as Facebook and Apple, that will be subject to new and far more stringent rules aimed at curbing their market power, the quote ends. Those new rules will reportedly include having to share data with rivals, and another quote, an obligation to be more transparent on how they gather information, the quote ends. So something is certainly brewing here, and we will see soon enough how comfortable the big tech companies will feel within the EU for years to come. 
In other news, Sweden's Klarna has come under fire in the UK after sending what's been described as unsolicited marketing emails around. It appears that Klarna has sent one of its newsletters or some other sort of material not just to the people who subscribed to it, but to every email address it had for its UK customers. And to be honest, in this case I was mostly surprised by how surprised many people were by the fact that Klarna had their emails. I mean, come on, Klarna is not just a buy now pay later service, which is mostly known for, but it's also a very big payment provider. So if you are buying things online, chances are you have given your email to Klarna as well as the others like Adyen or Stripe or PayPal or whatever other payment providers they are. It also turned out that in Klarna's terms and conditions, there was actually a clause that allowed Klarna to promote its services to its customers. Anyway, the information commissioner's officer is now investigating whether Klarna violated the GDPR, which could result in a fine of up to 30 million US dollars. But I highly doubt that anything like this is going to happen. But that's not the only worry that Klarna has these days. CNBC reported on Tuesday that PayPal has launched a buy now pay later service of its own in the UK. The product will offer to pay for purchases over three interest-free monthly installments. It works for purchases between 45 and 2000 British pounds and it signed up a number of British retailers to offer the service including Crew Clothing, French Connection, Robert Dias and Ryman. No details were given as to the terms PayPal is offering merchants, but I guess that this competition will bring those down a bit in the future, which I guess is good for local businesses. So this was a quick headlines overview, now let us have a chat with Joe Perkins, the founder of Landscape. This VC review platform was pretty hot in the news over the past week, so I thought it would be a great idea to hear about it from the maker himself. Hi Joe, uh, thanks a lot for joining the show. No worries at all. Thank you very much for having me. Now, I mean, nobody can uh, pitch a product better than the founder. So can you quickly uh, talk about uh, Landscape itself, what it is, uh, whom is it for, and why is it, uh, why is it there? Sure. So um, Landscape is, um, I guess, in a nutshell, Glassdoor for VC. It enables founders to leave anonymous reviews of um, investor interactions they've had, both um, VCs and accelerators. Uh, the reason it kind of exists is because, you know, I looked at the the market whilst I was kind of fundraising and went through a couple of uh, unprofessional experiences myself and just thought there was no no feedback mechanism out there for founders to, to give other founders with regards to who's good, who's bad, who to stay away from, who to definitely have a conversation with. Um, on the flip side, you know, we we uh, also work with VCs to to help those guys kind of understand how founders perceive them, understand how they are kind of losing marks on various kind of score factors uh, and ultimately how they can improve on their offering to um, to founders. Right, yeah, that makes sense. So did you already leave your own reviews uh, on the platform? So the first the first 20 reviews, I think five were probably um, mine. And then uh, after that, I, I reached out just to some of my, my, my close founder friends who I know had gone through fundraisers themselves. And it was very much a manual process to get those first 20. Um, and from there, I just, um, you know, started posting a review on Twitter every day, um, just being consistent in that, in that regard. And everything else has been kind of to totally organic, kind of inbound. Right. So you just uh, mentioned uh, before we started uh, recording that uh, the whole MVP was built with no code tools. So 
what sort of tools? Why did you decide to do it this way? And why mobile first? Oh, three great questions there. <laughs> so first and foremost, I decided to go no code because despite somewhat ironically being a computer science graduate, um, I am one of the worst programmers the world has, has ever seen, I think. And it's just not a strong point of mine. And it's not something I particularly enjoy doing. Now, um, the great thing about landscape is that, you know, we're not talking about any especially in the early stages to get an MVP out. We're not talking about any particularly sophisticated tech. We're talking about, you know, pretty much data collection and data visualization. You know, some of the no-code tools out there are just amazing for that. Now, on top of that, I guess the key thing that really appeals to me about no-code is that I'm able to kind of get an MVP put together with, you know, absolute minimal budget. And I'm really, really, I'm talking really, really small budget and get something put together in, you know, a matter of a month that potentially might have taken months otherwise. And don't get me wrong, no code certainly has its limits, but for where we are right now with landscape and what we're, we're trying to achieve, um, especially, you know, staying uh, for the time being kind of self-funded, it just really was kind of a, a match made in heaven. Right. Right. And what sort of tools did you use? So we use um, a tool called Webflow to build the website um, and then Typeform um, to kind of collect the uh, reviews themselves. And then um, we use uh, a tool called uh, Stacker uh, to generate kind of various um, kind of profile listings and Glide. And uh, yeah, as I say, like uh, the, the interesting thing about the no code space is that you know, I'm hooked on product hunt every day and almost every day we see a new no code tool kind of pop up where now, now you can do this with no code. Now you can do that with no code. And it's, you know, it's a pretty, pretty incredible ecosystem that's kind of growing. Right. And uh, so, and was it because of these tools that uh, uh, the whole platform is like mobile first? I mean, it's PWA, right? It's a progressive web app. So why, why is that? Yeah, and that that's more or less it, to be honest with you. Like I know, um, mid mid term, and uh, you know, probably later this year, we'll be releasing a desktop version. Now, uh, well, I say desktop version, kind of full web version, um, which undoubtedly will probably be then where the majority of traffic heads to. But my initial focus really was just getting something out and just seeing if people cared about it enough to, you know, install it, to sign up to it, to to, to talk about it, and. Ultimately, you know, a mobile first app kind of long term probably isn't going to be the best solution. But in order to just, you know, get out of what I'm kind of referring to as like a quick scrappy MVP, um, it's really served quite a strong purpose there. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like people do care. And uh, you started with 700 reviews. How many do you have now? Uh, so we're we're getting closer to a thousand. Um, that being said, um, yeah, yeah, things that things have been flying in quite fast. Um the interesting thing is that we've noticed like a massive pickup in verified partner applications. So since since mm -hmm. the launch on Tuesday, we've had verified partners and VCs and accelerators like really from all over the world kind of applying. Um, we've had a VC firm from Peru, I think, yesterday uh, applying to, to to become <laughs> a verified partner. So that's that's amazing. Meeting all of these, um, you know, both founders and VCs, brilliant people uh, across the globe. Uh, initially, we were kind of planning to stay kind of UK only, and then it turned into kind of European only, and now it's basically Earth only, I guess. Uh, but it just seems right. to have very much taken on a life of its own. <laughs> right. And uh, with that in mind, uh, a verified partner is the premium uh, offering for uh, VCs, right? So what does it entail? Can you quickly go through it? Yeah, so um, 
one thing to add, it's totally free for a VC to become or an accelerator to become a verified partner. Uh, essentially, they get um, much more kind of information listed on their profile. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get uh, an about this VC section where basically we kind of highlight highlight their investment uh, thesis, mm-hmm. like a, give a little bit of background information on them. So they have a much fuller profile. They also get uh, verified review links. So um, as a VC, when you sign up as a, as a verified partner, uh, we send you a unique link for you to go out to your portfolio. Um, and then those reviews come through in as verified. Uh, and also they get the right to reply. Um, and uh, in terms of kind of if, if, if any reviews come through that they feel that they want to respond to, um, you know, we give them that right to, to do so. Right. And what, uh, what are you going to make uh, money from then? What's, uh, what's not free? So uh, currently, um, everything is free. Um, <laughs> one of the interesting things, which I, I, I've said a couple of times now, is that um, one of the interesting things about having VCs as a client is that I really am being spoon-fed business models um, on almost every onboarding call I have with a verified partner. I'm pretty straight with people and say, look, you know, I think there's going to be scope for monetizing this at some point. Um, I don't know exactly what it looks like right now. If you do have any ideas, if there's something that we could we could build you that you would pay for, just just let me know. Uh, and some of the stuff right. that's come back from that has been um, really brilliant. And now we're now doing um, three paid pilots, um, and we've got a couple more kind of um, that we're, we're we're closing currently. Probably do a maximum of five, whereby we are focused on helping these uh, firms get continuous feedback, and whether that's feedback that's publicly posted to Landscape or feedback that um, privately goes direct to that VC, uh, essentially really helping them get that consistent feedback they need to understand you know where are they going wrong what are they doing right where do they need to improve and ultimately you know how founders perceive them so it's going to be interesting no there are various routes for monetization i think um and uh you know we'll we'll probably figure them out in due course right so uh you said that verified partners can reply to reviews what would be necessary for a review to actually be removed so this is uh, a good question and one that we're um, kind of scratching our heads a little bit about at the moment. It's something that we're going to be finalizing next week. Um, I'm going to be pushing out um, kind of our review moderation process. Now, mm-hmm. currently, anything that kind of potentially is slanderous and has a name named in it, um, we've kind of sidelined for now. As I say, we're in the process of kind of putting this together and I've taken advice from you know, various um, kind of people in industry, uh, you know, people who have previously worked at, at Glassdoor or do work at Glassdoor and various other kind of review sites. Spoke to founder of Trustpilot a few weeks ago, who was um, mm-hmm. who, who was brilliant. Um, but we hope to provide more clarity, kind of probably next week. And then what we will be doing is any reviews that um, don't get put on the platform for whatever reason it might be, we will go back to that founder and say, hey guys, you know, really, really appreciate you leaving this review. It hasn't passed moderation because of X, Y, and Z. If you consider changing, you know, this aspect, then absolutely we can kind of post it. Right. Yeah, but speaking of names, you are going to have to deal with names one way or the other because you have the Angel Investors reviews in the pipeline, right? Yeah. So um, the plan is to kind of pull together angel reviews. Um, again, you know, we don't have a time frame for that. One of the things that we're wary of is um, when you start leaving reviews on an individual level, um, we have to ensure that kind of reputation protection is is raised as well, because, you know, lots of people... Um, have spent a long time building their reputation and we want to make sure that we have the right things in place to to protect that um, against you know negative reviews or whatever whatever it might be that kind of come through and that's not to say that you know if somebody's 
behaved incredibly unprofessionally, then we're not going to call them out on it. But we just need to make sure that we have the, the, the relevant protections in place. Right. And by the way, a question from a totally different uh, perspective. Uh, you're also founder of another startup, uh, Course Match. Uh, have you had, did, are you having enough time for that one uh, uh, during these uh, days that you have to deal with landscape a lot? So I stepped away from Course Match uh, around a month ago. I uh, went full time on landscape. Uh, my co-founder, Chris, uh, over at Course Match is still doing a kind of brilliant job keeping it going that uh, things are looking quite quite good for course match so it's quite a uh, a uh, difficult decision but still very much advised uh, very much involved sorry in a kind of advisory capacity and kind of um mainly kind of in a in a, in a product focus so uh there was like a a, a quite a full-on period whereby i was doing both for around three three months or so um but with my calendar and the way it is at the moment with landscape there's uh the, the, there would be a, it would just be really difficult yeah, yeah, I can imagine, of course. And uh, it's going to be really a treasure trove of data at some point, at Landscape, I expect. And like the first uh, question, for example, I would pose uh, to this uh, data treasure trove is, is there a correlation between how high the ranking from a founder is and uh, whether this founder actually got the funding from that VC? So do the people who actually managed to raise the money, do they rank that VC higher? So interestingly, in the first two months or so, the average score from a founder that didn't raise capital was higher than the average score of a founder that did raise capital. Now, um, that was like mind-blowing when I saw it. Now, as we have continued to grow and bring on more verified partners, that has kind of flipped around. Um, mm -hmm. But like you say, there are a lot of insights to, to, to be gleaned from what we're kind of um, pulling together with Landscape. And, you know, one of the things that's kind of on my to-do list is start pulling together almost a, a regular report of, you know, whether it's kind of the state of VC or the state of how founders perceive VC, um, pulling together something like that and making sure that we are sharing these insights with with the community and with the ecosystem. Right. Uh, do you think you are going to actually raise VC money at some point? And how is it going to look uh, from the ethical point of view? Uh, so I don't think we'll ever raise VC money. We're currently self-funded. Um, I would like to grow the business um, through revenues um, and aim for kind of sustainability as soon as possible. One of the key challenges I have at the moment um, is just in terms of just resource, like time. Um, so, you know, today, for example, I've onboarded seven verified partners um, and have had pretty much no time to do anything else. So I would love to expand the team, um, you know, how we do that currently we're just trying to figure out i think in the future if we look to do a fundraise i'd be looking at something like some sort of like community crowdfunding whereby you know founders could chip in some uh, money if they wanted we could have a really low um, kind of buy-in ticket um but to be honest i don't know exactly what that looks like for the time being i'm just kind of focused on um getting kind of a, a paid product pulled together and just seeing if there's if there's appetite for it i guess Right. So I, I do see that probably most uh, that most of uh, feedback uh, that you get for landscape is uh, quite positive. That's what I see on Twitter as well. But have have there been has there been pushback? Have there been critical reviews? Are there people who think that this should not ever exist and you are doing something wrong? I think that there. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's definitely been some pushback. There's definitely been um, some critics. But I think that the 
the important thing is that nobody is saying that something like landscape should shouldn't exist they're mainly questioning and to be honest with you it's not it's not it's not critiquing but kind of providing suggestions on how it could be done better or how things should be done differently so i'm yet to to come up at against i guess anybody who's been like this is outrageous no way should you be building this um but i do come up against you know the odd few people who say this is why it probably won't work the way you're doing it um but you know uh, in in the words of uh one of my advisors uh kind of hussein sent me a message the other day saying you know everybody's a critic so that is that is indeed true right joe that's been it for my questions so i'm not going to take any more of your time on uh, friday even after seven onboarding calls so thank you so much for joining <laughs> no thank you so much for having me i uh, i really appreciate it and this is it for our today's episode thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed it please help us spread the word tell a friend or colleague about the show and follow our updates on twitter at tech underscore eu Audio engineering for this podcast is done by SoundPulse, that is sound-pulse.com. Please feel free to email us with any questions, suggestions and opinions at podcast at techeu. I hope to talk to you on Friday this time for sure, so have a good week and take care. Bye-bye.